My name is Angela Montañez, and I am a, I guess what some people would deem like a health coach, nutrition expert. When I was a child, I had a lot of out-of-body experiences that would happen like through the night and I used to sleepwalk and I sometimes like literally I would come out of my body. I didn't know what that was called. I've had a lot of, I, I came in with a lot of memories of past lives and a lot of memories of the life in between as far as not being in any life, but being, you know, up in the, the heavenlies. So to me, that was normal. And, but it's always jarring when you come out of your body. I used to think sometimes it was a dream, or even when I knew it wasn't a dream, I would just feel like, okay, this is just something else that happened. I hope I'm able to get back in. I've had several near-death experiences. And for some reason, I don't know why, but each one makes me the, the longer the time period between each one, the more I think, and I'm in my head and I think, well, maybe, maybe it was just me. Maybe this happened. Maybe this didn't really happen. And then I try to reacquaint myself back into the world. In three days before the new year of 2009, so it was December 28th, 2008, I was prepping for the LSAT and the law school admission test, and I wanted to be a health lawyer. And so I had my nephews in my house with me. It was, they, they were young, they were about nine or 10, and they were uh, asleep on the floor of this living room, actually. And so I got dressed, I woke up early, I got dressed, I ate a little something, I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go study. I remember grabbing a pink Victoria's Secret bag and I put my LSAT book. There's a library that is about, probably about two or three blocks. So it's probably like a three minute walk from here outside of my neighborhood. And so I said, when I'm gonna go to the library, I'm gonna be back before these kids wake up. So I'll be gone for like maybe an hour, hour and a half max. And so I, I bought a brand new coat, brand new uh, Navy pea coat. And I had a, a scarf that went around my head. And so I said, okay, I'm going. So I went out the front door. I started walking the hill that leads out of my neighborhood. So I'm at this intersection and there's one, two, three. It's like a three-way where cars come. So I'm waiting for the light to change on the thing. So it changes from the hand sign that stopped to the person walking sign. I said, okay, usually I, I would take it. If I don't see any cards, I would just run across. But for some reason today, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to wait until I have the right of way and then I'm going to go. And so it changed and I said, okay, I have it. I stepped onto the concrete in the street and there was a, a car that was coming by. It was, it was a smaller car, it was like beige. And I stopped, I said, I'm gonna let him go first. And so he, he went and he actually threw up his hand when he went and then I started walking. And um, then I felt, I felt a hand on my right shoulder and it kind of had like this, almost like this pullback movement. 
So it just kind of pulled me back a little bit, but I didn't take a step back. I, my foot was in the air and I took a step forward because I thought how odd that is. And there was nobody behind me. And when I look to my left, I see this really big, I think it was a Dodge or I don't remember, but it was an old truck and the grill was like, like up to here to me. So it was really big. And so I turn on my left and I see the person in the car making, making the turn and coming toward me from my left. And all I'm thinking is, oh my gosh, this is she really gonna, she's not gonna hit me. And I looked through the windshield to see if, if I were to see a driver and, and I couldn't see anyone. And then all of a sudden, I just knew it. I was just like, I'm, I'm about to get hit. And I felt the, I felt the bumper on my left thigh and I felt it hit. And then before impact, my body just shut down. And I learned, I learned later on, that's actually a response. Um, it's a, a self-preservation response that the body, the body has. I was told that when she hit me, I didn't go straight down. I kind of did a whiplash and then went straight down and my head hit the concrete. But during that time, I, I didn't know anything. I just knew my body had blacked out and then everything was spinning. Like there was darkness. And then all of a sudden, when I felt like I was, I can't even say cognizant because Everything was spinning, everything, even with my mind closed, my whole body, everything just felt like spinning and spinning and spinning. Like I was in this tunnel and I was just praying. I was just praying. I couldn't pray with my mind though. Like I couldn't gather a thought. So it was almost as if my soul was speaking and it was praying and I could hear the voice of my soul because my mind was just doing loops and there was, it was madness. There was no rhyme or reason for what was happening here. So my soul was praying and I kept hearing myself say, please God, please God, you know, Jesus, someone, please come for me, please come for me. Don't let me die like this. Please come for me. Someone, please come for me. Show me that you're real. I remember, I remember saying that my soul was saying that, show me that you're real. Please show me that you're real. There was a point, I don't know how much time passed, but there was a point where it was just, it was just silence. It was just silence. And I realized like nobody's coming, nobody's coming. And then it was like, I heard a voice deep down inside say, you're going to have to do this yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do I do that? Because as a child, it would, happened so naturally I would just wake up and it was like is that my body <laughs> you know but I didn't know how to do it in this circumstance and the voice said you're gonna have to do this yourself and I was like oh my goodness it's like every time I tell this story I have to take some breaths because I'm back there again and it was wow it was wow wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know how to describe this, but I was pulling deep down from my soul and 
I just, I just kept saying, you can do this. Like, and like I said, it wasn't my mind. It was my soul, like just trying to jump out, just trying to jump out of the body. At one point it just happened. I, I envisioned, but it wasn't in my mind. It was like, there was an envisioning of this bridge that was kind of adjacent to where I was hit. And I just kind of, when it, when I came out, I was right there at that bridge. And I remember looking around and I was thinking, oh my God, I can't believe that, I can't believe I did. I can't believe this happened. But then I thought, am I dead? Oh my God, am I dead? And I went to turn myself to the right because I was going to go look at my body. And something said, don't look, because if you look, you might not want to go back. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to look. <laughs> I'm not going to go looking, you know? And I just remember absorbing everything. There was so much, there was so so many sights and sounds, but everything was super clear, super clear. And it was like I was seeing everything from a new set of eyes, from a different side of the veil. And the way I saw everything was more intense in color than the way it actually was, especially during the wintertime. And I remember thinking, that's right. This is all a game. It just felt like a game. Like this is all a game. None of this is real. Why have I been fighting myself so much? Why have I been struggling so much when this is not real? It it was just mind blowing. And I thought, but it, and I and I I said to myself, but it feels so real. It feels so real, like in the struggle, it's so real, and it's not. And I, it was it was so frustrating. It was like, oh, okay, so now I get it. I get it again. I get it. I finally get it, you know? And then I said, oh, it. I realized, oh, my goodness, I left those kids on the floor. Okay, I want to I wanna check on the kids. So I didn't look down, but it felt like I still had legs even though I didn't look down. So I'm just, just walking. And then I heard a voice say, you're in the realm of, what did, what did they say? They said, you're in the realm of something. So they said, you can fly. And I was like, oh yeah, I can fly. So I started to like glide toward my house. And then it it hit me. It was like, wait a minute. Well, no, no. I'm not only in the realm of flying. I'm in the realm of thought. I'm in the speed of thought. So whatever I think is right there. If I want to be wherever I decide to go, all I got to do is think it. And so I thought of my living room and I was, I was here. I was right in the living room. And for some reason in that moment, that's when it became super clear to me, like, you're in an in-between. This is an in-between. So your body is still alive. You're not dead. <laughs> your body is still alive. It's struggling, which is why I wouldn't go back. But 
your body is still alive and I needed to separate from the trauma that was happening. And it was, it was just very clear, like, I'm out, I'm out. And I don't know if I'll be able to get back in. I don't know if I want to go back in. I'd rather just, I'd rather just kind of repeat a cycle, like find another host and be born again and go through that again if my body's too messed up to go back into. So I went to walk toward my nephews and there was like, I bumped into something and it was like, it was as clear as a veil, transparent as uh, glass and as hard as plexiglass. It was like, I couldn't, once I walked to, you know, started walking toward them, it was like, boom. And I was like, what is that? And then it dawned on me like, okay, I can't go any further because I'm still in the in-between. There's a boundary for me. I don't know why, but for some reason, the couch that was next to them, I was able to sit on that. And so I said, okay, I just, everything was so peaceful around them. There was so much love and so much peace around them. I said, I just want to be here with them. I want to make sure they're okay. I want to relax with them. And so I just kind of, I was kind of relaxed. I was kind of laid down with them, you know? And I looked at them. I was just staring at them. I just felt peace and that's where I wanted to be. I don't remember how much time passed. I have no clue. I just know that I blacked out again, like everything went dark. And all of a sudden I hear ambulances. I hear chaos. I feel my body trembling. I, I hear, like, it just sounds like chaos. I hear my mind. I, this point my mind is very separate from my spirit and I hear my mind um, and my voice and my voice is shaky and my voice is crying and saying how did this happen where was I going where was I going and all of a sudden I was just like I gotta get out of here and I separated again from my body because my mind was still doing loops you know and so I just separated and I ended up back here in my living room I opened my eyes and I'm still looking at my, my nephews. And I sat up and I said to myself, okay, I don't know what my body's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that if there's a chance for me to continue with this life, I have to go back and take the risk to see what everything is like, you know, Am I going to be able to walk? Is it, you know, am I going to pass? Or because I'm in this in-between and no one still has yet to come. They like to teach me these little, I guess, loving lessons, <laughs> you know, about self-empowerment. That was definitely one of them. It was definitely one of them. So I looked at my nephews and I, I remember just walking backward. It was very weird. I just, I was walking backward as I looked at them. And then all of a sudden I thought about my body and I said, I'm going back. And then I woke up in an ambulance. They were yelling at me, ma'am, ma'am, do you, are you okay? And I was like, what happened? My head is spinning. And um, she's like, you got hit by a car. And I mean, I couldn't believe I was able to keep my sense of humor intact. I just, I was like, you're kidding me. 
And she's like, no, we have to take off your coat and make sure no bones are broken. And I did like a full body scan. I was like, no, nothing's broken. And she's like, we can't take that risk. And, I said, and so I started unbuttoning my new coat. It came that morning and I started unbuttoning and she goes, no, we can't take a risk that anything is broken. And I was like, what does that mean? And she said, we have to cut your coat. And I said, please don't cut my coat. Please don't cut my coat. I'm telling you, nothing is broken. They took out these giant scissors that I've never, ever seen before in my life and cut the coat in half. And she just kind of did this. And then she goes, nothing is broken. And all I'm thinking is she cut my new coat. She cut my new coat, you know? I mean, and, and I thought, as long as I'm okay, there's no brain damage. My skull didn't crack, which I knew it wasn't going to. Um, as a child, I had a lot of falls. I would fall down a lot of things, always hit my head. When that happens, bone continually grows over bone consistently when there's trauma. So my head was hard. And so, yeah, they, they were surprised that my skull didn't crack, but you know, so it was, it, it was an experience. There was, there was resulting trauma. Anytime there's a back and forth where you're in this world, then you're not in this world, then you're in this world, then you're not in this world. And that's been like kind of a theme in my life to readjust back to the world. There's a little bit of trauma, but it taught me, all of this has taught me that I, that's my life. I, I exist between two worlds and there's always going to be something that I'm taught. It may be in an unconventional way. There are times that I say, you guys could have just told me this instead of me going through these crazy experiences, but it would not be as impactful as it is. Each one develops more of an awakening within you as to what you are, who you are, your purpose, what you came to do. And of course, it always goes back to love. Everybody says love, right? <laughs> and sometimes in these situations, you may not feel it. You're like, this doesn't feel loving, you know, but it's not painful. It's not sad. It's, it all feels like different levels of an awakening. It's all one big awakening. You're just going through these situations, these elaborate divine experiences that are helping you to blossom into more of yourself, more of your divine self. And then once you have touched that divinity in different ways, just your presence is healing toward other people. And I think that's the most important thing. You don't realize you're receiving. I say you guys because I've had several, several, several different, let's say beings. First of all, you have the, the bigger voice, which everybody knows, everybody ascribes to as God because it's like this voice that comes out of nowhere and you're like, and you just feel it inside. Like, that's God. You know it. Everything in you is God, you know? 
And then you have angels. I've been visited by angels as a child. So she was, she was elaborate, the most elaborate thing I've ever seen. So there's angels, there's ancestors. I also get visited by ancestors. There's those that I don't know, people that I don't completely recall. Some are from past lives and some are just part of the surrounding land or lands that I've visited. Sometimes they, they just show up and I'm like, who are you? I don't, I don't know you, you know, and then they'll announce themselves. They'll say, I'm from here. I'm from there. This is my purpose. Or sometimes they're sent to help you. You've never seen them before. So I, uh, I call them, I say they, or I call them my spirit team or my squad, or it sometimes it, it's too lengthy to call them individually by name or the names that they give me. So I just, I either say my council, my, my squad, my team, all of you, they, so that they, all their ears perk up. Because like I said, it's it's the realm of thought. Everything is very instant. What you think is what's going to be in front of you or where you're going to go. This earth, everything is a little bit slower, but the concept is still similar in regards to it being magnetic. I didn't understand when I was younger because terminology I don't understand, experience I understand. And so it's something that I've been doing this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's something that I do because I was allowed to come in with the remembrance of conversations that I've had with even souls that incarnated around the same time that I did, as well as a conversation with God about this specific life. I tell you, it seemed really simple from that higher perspective. But once I got here, I was like, how do I do this? Everything seems so simple. Like, yeah, this is going to happen and I'm going to get through this and I'm going to come out a winner. No, <laughs> everything was so slow and it still feels slow, but they do, they do speak. They speak in dreams, which is why it is important to pay attention to your dreams. They speak in dreams. They speak uh, in intuition. Like many people think they also speak sometimes very clearly and very audibly. Sometimes they give you smells. You'll, you'll say like, what is that smell? Okay, so what does it mean? So they, it, their messages flow through the senses. So they'll have you smell, they'll have you taste things, they'll have you feel, literally feel things. My mother passed in like 1998. Sometimes she thinks it's funny in the morning to play with my feet. And I literally feel her hands on my feet. It used to be a little bit scary, but I think I've adjusted to it. You know, the more loved ones that you have that pass over and then they come and they, um, they speak with you, then it feels a little bit more comforting. There's less of a, less of 
an intensity of fear that you're grappling with because you feel nothing but more love on the other side, the other side, because it's not really that far away. It's like literally right here or existing in in the in bothness, I would say, simultaneously. I think what is frustrating is when there's another lesson to be learned and I'm desperate for an answer and the only answer they give me is let go. That has been my theme for the past like, two months. I'll, I'll just, I'm dying for an answer. Please tell me this, please tell me this. And the only thing I get is let go, let go. So it's not fun when you don't get, especially for yourself, you don't get the answers that you want. It's always let go, just let it, you know, release the, the hold on it. But then I'll go out and I'll meet other people and it's like their lives just become illuminated. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And oh, wow, you have this, you know, ancestor or, oh, you're doing this. Oh, you know, your your soul is so brilliant. And it's all these conversations. And then when I part ways with these people, I think to myself, well, that was wonderful. Wow, I feel I feel all that love that just happened. Okay, what about me? <laughs> What about me? Are you going to answer my question finally, you know? So it, it's not that simple when it comes to the self, because I'm still on this learning journey, this uncovering journey, this accepting journey, I would say, acceptance, because it's not easy to accept a great deal of the, the aspects of this type of life that I'm living in regards to the way I communicate and the way that, you know, I deal with spirit because I, you, you fight a lot. I fight a lot, you know, because I, I want to have, and you want to have this life that you're like, no, this is what I want to do, you know? And it's like, well, you can do that, but this is the better way, you know? So sometimes it feels like a challenge because I, I resist a lot, but I don't think I would want any other life. It's a matter of unplugging, unplugging. So like nowadays, everybody's about social media. That's the, the entire word right now, social media. But unplugging from it all. Unplugging because we are the, the channels. We are, this is, this is the phone line right here. You know, we, we're not landlines. Well, sometimes that's actually what we need is to be plugged in. We need to become a landline. But so far, we're all mobile, right? And so we're all these mobile phones walking around with a lot of different interferences that come in that want to take our focus and our energy. And so what we do need to do is just kind of unplug from everything and then become a landline. <laughs> and from there, we'll see those that feel so disconnected, we'll see that it is, it's an illusion. It's an illusion that we're disconnected, you know? So when you feel disconnected, that's part of the illusion, kind of like fear is part of the illusion. That's part of my bigger purpose. But so you plug in as the landline, you plug in and everything else shuts off. Some people have to do, that's why some people do, uh, they go on like pilgrimages or they go to places where they can completely be electronic free, you know, 
Um, and they oftentimes love it so much better and have trouble reassimilating back into the world because you're plugging into the natural world and back into you, and then you become the conduit. And so the clearer you are as the conduit, the more um, you're going to be able to see and understand and even be able to interpret divine energy and the communication between. Because all of this life is communication, the way the sun communicates with the plant, with the soil, it's a it's a dual communication and we are the same way. So once we plug in, some people have been doing this for a very long time, especially as children, when some type of traumatic situation has occurred for them, um, they go inward very, very quickly. So you plug in, everything else shuts down and you just become the conduit. As a child, I did it as I slept. I didn't, wasn't something I thought about, but there was a, a very long space of time where I was, I was dying in the hospital as a child. And um, I didn't want, I didn't want books. I didn't want TV. I just wanted to be in a, a quiet room day and night. And a lot of, of the physicians thought that it was um, depression. And it's not depression, it, you're going inward. You're going inward and, and that helps you to pull out the strength that you need, but it also helps to, you're clearing yourself as the channel, as the conduit. That's why you do it. Like you just X everything out and you're gonna, you're gonna go crazy for a while because you're gonna have to be with your thoughts. But after a while, everything just, becomes more and more silent, especially like during the warmer months or when you're in a warmer climate and you can be out in nature, you can focus. That's important. I was a caregiver for my great aunt for five years. And then we did end of life care in the house at home. It wasn't the easiest, but it was definitely it's a labor of love, it's a, la it's a labor of love. And to be present and do what they call as, what's known as hold space with another individual as they're preparing to cross over is such a big thing. Like you, you emotionally, you're vulnerable. And at the same time, you are holding that space and trying to keep yourself together as well and i also had a, a dog who loved her and he was my dog though but he when she was gone he got very depressed and then he started going downhill and then you know he was like if she goes i'm going you know and so everything just felt like it was back to back but um yeah it's that's not an easy thing because those people we miss. We miss the interactions. We miss the smells. We miss those physical things. They do come and visit, which is very nice. Follow the breadcrumbs. Follow the pieces. Follow the signs. Follow the signs that they leave. I remember my mother told me 
this was a few months after she passed. She said, I'm going to be here. So I'm going to be around you for three months so that I knew when I would see something move, because sometimes they move stuff, like move like in front of me, raising candles and shaking them and all kind of crazy things. And I'll just be sitting there watching like, so we're going to do this, <laughs> moving keys. And I'll say, okay. But she said, I'm going to be here for three months so that I know if I see, you know, crazy things happening or I hear her voice, okay, she's here. Then she said, okay, then I'll be gone for a while. Sometimes she'll tell me the time frame. Sometimes she won't. She'll just say, I'll be here for this time frame and then I'll be gone. So they do come and visit several times of being in that bed where you intensely feel the energy of other people. Because as the body starts to fade, it's almost like you become, you're becoming transparent in a sense. You, the, the feelings and emotions of others are like literally hitting you because your body is so weak, you're feeling it. So even if they don't speak, you feel everything. So I think that is so important and in just a magnificent awareness to be completely clear when you're in that space with someone. As your body becomes weaker, you become more of what they call as porous, like a sponge. So as your body is weaker, your spirit is almost like more, there's more of it. And usually what happens with that is you're 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 absorbing everything. See, the body on this earth really helps us to almost shield, in a sense, all those other things that are happening. Some people that are very, very highly empathic, like you and I. <laughs> and so even though we're in these bodies, we'll, we're, at the end of the day, we still come home and it's like, why do I feel sad? Why do I have a headache? Why do I feel this way? Why is it because we felt it all and we haven't processed that maybe these things don't belong to us. Um, and maybe there are mindsets behind it that we haven't fully let go, you know. But as the body starts to digress, you you become more porous. So spiritually, you're intaking more because there's less of the body that is covering. And when you have the experience, those that have gone through the experience, that's how you, you you realize, you learn, you're like, wow, when I went through that, you know, the my body was, I mean, it was a low point, several low points, but that's one of the things that you learn, you're like, wow, I cannot move, but I'm feeling everybody's thoughts right now, and I'm feeling all this energy, and that's why there are some people when they're in the hospital, they'll say, I don't want nobody to come or I only want this person to come because they are receiving it all. And it has to be, if they have a shot at healing, it's got to be the right energy around. I think I'm going to keep it streamlined because there's so many things that have happened, you know, from being asked several times in different situations where my body was pretty much, you know, dying if I wanted to leave or come back to Earth, which is like a little insane, like, wow, you get a choice, you know? But I think you would like this. 
this part of what I'm going to say, because I don't share it with everybody, but I feel, I keep feeling like you like this. I did have two encounters where basically it's what people will call abductions. I didn't look at it as an abduction. The first time I didn't see it as an abduction. It was just the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. And then I was rubbing my eyes and I was like, nah, I'm in a dream, I'm in a dream. And then I opened my eyes again and it's like, I'm still here and it's not a dream. <laughs> like, it's not a dream. There are other beings. They're not alien type in nature, but they have been termed alien. They're almost like these divine beings that have, you know how we wear human suits? They kind of wear their suits, but they come and they work on the bodies. They work on our bodies. So I've had the same people come and they've worked on my body twice to keep it from completely degrading. And I only, I always thought, oh my God, that was the craziest, but never told anybody. I had a woman approach me and she said, you had this experience and you saw this on the ship wall. And I was like, I never told her that. I never told anybody that. Um, but I would love to share that with you because I feel like in some way, those two experiences are going to be important for you. And I don't know why. They're like helpers. So they work on the body to, is to keep you here longer, to keep it going longer. When you, I guess I would say when you haven't fulfilled the purpose that you came to do, have to keep this together. There's so many factors, but these, this, they're not aliens, but they are, but they're not, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but they do. They work on the body. They've helped me twice. No, I'm sorry, three times. And um, yeah, but I, I just have a feeling like you're gonna need this. That's what I hear. You're gonna need this. Because I feel like you might have an experience coming up and you're going to need a framework for it so that you don't freak out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line 